0: Hello everyone. Welcome to today's episode of Commitment Matters. You know, some of the best feedback you've shared with us here at the podcast is about how broad and varied our topics and guests are. We've heard from so many who have been in the industry for years, but who are finding new and helpful information, resources, and perspectives. Several of you have shared with us that you recommend our podcast to your realtors, lenders, and attorneys in order to help them better understand what you do. Why you require what you do from them, and we're so glad that we're helping you make a difference. Well, we're going nerdy today again in a kind of a great way. Our guest today is no doubt a familiar face and voice to many of you. Linda Aparo, who is a national title professional, joins us to discuss the ins and outs of the importance of proper lien releases. She's a great resource on this topic, probably the best. I mean, she is the co-author of an e-book explaining the life of a mortgage loan. That ebook is linked in today's show notes, and I really encourage you to download and share it. You'd be surprised how many active industry professionals don't realize everything that happens during the life cycle of a home loan. So what a great tool to share with everyone you know. Linda is an industry veteran and a busy executive who has also found time to travel to 17 countries, raise four children, enjoy her grandbabies, and also become a certified master gardener. I mean, whew, Knowing all that might make me reconsider how I'm spending my spare time. Anyway, she's a real pro and I guarantee you'll find at least one gem in here clarifying something you didn't realize about the process. Whether you decide to keep handling this aspect of your business yourself, or if you want to consider outsourcing it, I know you'll enjoy my conversation with Linda Aparo. Linda, thank you so much for joining us here at Commitment Matters. We are so excited to have your expertise, so thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you, Mary. It's a pleasure to be here with you.
0: Well, I think most people are familiar with you and with REQUIRE, but for those that aren't or maybe don't know as much about you as they could, you've been in the business for over 30 years now, right? Give everybody, I know, (laughs) they start to add up,
1: doesn't it? It does, for
0: sure. (laughs) Tell everyone, if you would, a little bit about your, your history and your movement through the industry.
1: Sure, yeah. I feel like I grew up in this industry. When I was a young girl, I started working at a title company as a closer and i closed loans i did it start to finish but also did a lot of post-closing as well and i did that for many years and then i moved into the title insurance underwriter space and i worked for two national underwriters for many years selling title insurance in the local New England area. At one point, I realized that we had a bunch of files that we couldn't close because the releases weren't found. And so I decided it would be a good niche industry to start a release tracking company. I started a release tracking company in 2006, and this was kind of before the internet was really prevalent in everybody's life, and not everybody had a computer, and I had no idea there was another company called Require out of Virginia Beach. And so I started release tracking thinking it was a great idea, my idea, and then realized that this company Require was also doing it in Virginia. When I started, I was just doing it in Connecticut, the New England area, and then I got a phone call from an underwriter that asked me if I could do some national business for them. And I said, sure, let's do some national business. So I owned Final Track for eight years. Require at the time was sold to a private equity company in 2014. That private equity company reached out to me and inquired as to whether I was willing to talk to them about an acquisition and flew down to Virginia. They flew up to Hartford, Connecticut, and we did some negotiations and some talking. And I ended up selling Final Track to Require in September of
0: 2014. Since then, I've been with Require very happily. I was still doing closings in 2006. Like you, I did all the way through, and I know that at that point, we were experiencing what I would have called at that time sort of an epidemic of releases not getting filed, and at that point, it had a lot to do with assignments not being properly filed. It was very hard to find who the proper releasing entity should have been, and so I wanted to ask you, is that still largely where the issues come in? I can only imagine that has, increased to some degree right back in the day it was
1: that the lenders were sending the releases to the homeowner and the homeowner was taking that copy and just sticking it in their file and it wasn't getting recorded Nowadays, what we're finding is mistakes all the time. One of the number one title insurance claims are unreleased mortgages. So by utilizing require services, you're able to assure that the release is recorded properly on the land records. And there are still a few states that record by town, Connecticut where I live being one of them. The lenders don't necessarily always know that and our counties have for the most part the same name as a town. So for example, Hartford County, which is where I live, if somebody was going to record something in a different Manchester, Connecticut, they would send it to Hartford and Hartford will record it and take the recording money and not forward it on to Manchester. So it never gets released out of the Manchester land records.
0: In the proper record, I see.
1: There are a lot of people out there that I don't know if they just don't understand or they don't care when they sign the title insurance policy they're assuring first lien position and the only way to assure first lien position is to make sure that the lender has released that mortgage that you're paying off or mortgages judgment liens municipal liens those have to be released a lot of times when i talk to people about release tracking they say well it's the lender's responsibility and that's a hundred percent correct it is the lender's responsibility but the lender doesn't necessarily do it correctly all the time. As a matter of fact, we've found in all of our years of doing release tracking about 20% of the time there's something wrong with that release either recorded incorrectly, recorded in the wrong recording jurisdiction, or not recorded at all. So for us to follow up on that post-closing and streamline that for the title agent is really important so that they don't have to do it because everything they do post-closing is going to cost them money. They're paying for that out of their operational cost. where our services are are technically free for the title agent. They
0: don't pay for it. Okay, I want to come back to that part because that sounds very important to me. It sounds as though a lot of title and settlement agents will tend to think about release tracking only when the deal comes up again, either a, a resale or a refinance. And they, you know, they expect things to go smoothly. Perhaps it's them, perhaps it's somebody else that's issued the policy on the prior transaction. And so they think, well, by the time it gets to me again, if it gets to me again, I'll deal with chasing that at that point. But you're saying it sounds like they really need to think about it much more of a post-closing and pre- or post-policy action item for the original transaction that they're the issuing agent on for sure, right?
1: That's correct, Mary. That's called title curative. So let's say somebody pays off a loan, they sell their house, they pay off their loan, and the new buyer's... 10 years later decide they're gonna sell the house, but the release was never recorded on the mortgage that was paid off initially. What happens in those circumstances are lenders go out of business. It might be a private mortgage holder and now the private mortgage holder is either deceased or is moved out of the state. And to track those people down takes a huge effort. That's something else that we do. We do do title curative services where we will get that release or missing assignment to record on the land records, so you can go through with that transaction. You're scrambling at the last minute because your title commitment or title search comes in and there's an unreleased lien on it, which causes heartache and headaches and the realtors aren't happy, the lenders aren't happy, your consumer, your client isn't happy and everybody's frustrated by the fact that that wasn't released. So I always say if everybody did their release tracking at the end of the closing, then there would be no more title curative issues.
0: So thinking of it with regard to the first transaction and just making it sort of a pillar of good hygiene on that first one, if we all did that enough times, then all these back-end problems would go away. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. Because title curative is very difficult. We have over 5,000 lender contacts to try to get those documents. But it's time consuming people are closing next week and it takes us sometimes 30 to 90 days to get that document so rate locks are at jeopardy having a buyer or seller walk away from the deal is at jeopardy and a lot of the pushback is the people will say well the realtors don't want us to charge the 45 dollars for release tracking and i always say to them tell the realtors this is going to prevent a title curative issue when they go to resell this property All of the realtors have gone through that. They know the heartache of that.
0: So I'm guessing then that that's what you meant by this shouldn't have an out-of-pocket cost to the title agent themselves. And we'll talk about those fees, but I also want to understand, let's say we've got a transaction and we need to do some curative work because something wasn't released properly. How much time and or expense on average do agents spend chasing those kinds of things? Do you guys have some metrics on how much chasing those things usually costs an agent in time and money?
1: That happens 20% of the time. So when we're talking about 100 files, 20 of those are ticking time bomb waiting to go off. So out of those 20 files, it would take the agent approximately 107 hours to correct those 20 files to get them so that it's clear title and it's all operational money. You're never getting that money back after post-closing. You get paid once for that closing. You can't go back and say, you know, I charge $75 for my paralegal times
0: 107. You're never going to recoup that money. Right. Okay. So if you build that in as part of the cost of the consumer, how do you see agents passing those fees along in an effective way?
1: So almost in all states, you pass the fee along in Section H of the Closing Disclosure, and you would write require release tracking, $45. There are certain states where you have to put it into your search fee, but the consumer actually pays for it. And we do have borrower's authorization in certain states, like Pennsylvania, for example. If a borrower does not want to do it, we have an opt-out agreement, which protects the title agent. So if the title agent is using release tracking and the borrower says, I don't want to pay that extra $45, which is really a lunch when you think about it. It's not that much. I don't want to pay that $45. The title agent would have them sign an opt-out agreement so they could never come back to the title agent with a claim saying you didn't do your job.
0: You guys do the release tracking sort of as a matter of course for the deal that people are are transacting today. So that's what you refer to as your kind of your release tracking, your primary and that you have integrated through most title production software. Correct. Yeah. You touched on the title curative services. So that's if the company that closed the first transaction did not do that then you can help the new agent do that curative work. And then I think you guys also have some document services. Introduce us to that. We can prepare
1: any document in all 50 states. We're mostly used for deed prep. So any national companies who are doing business throughout the country and they need a deed for an attorney state like Connecticut is an attorney state. We can produce those deeds for them and we have a same day turnaround as long as they send it in by a cutoff date.
0: That's great. Well, and the ebook that you co authored, I think, is just an amazing resource. I am going to recommend it right now to anyone for whom the process of how things go after the closing with regard to loans. We'll have it linked in the show notes here. I would recommend not only for everyone listening to read it, but to share it not only in their agency, but with their realtors. And maybe even some loan officers don't understand the secondary market.
1: Thanks, and I'll tell you how it, how it all got started. Justin Ailes, who used to be one of the attorneys over at, at the American Land Title Association, sat me down and said, I don't get what happens after the closing. Like, what happens? We all know as title agents what happens up until the time that all the papers are signed. And then the post-closer knows, you know, check disbursement, release tracking, title insurance policy, and sending the paperwork out to the lender. But what really happens to that? And what's the role of the title agent after the closing? And the title agent really builds the foundation for the entire loan process. If the title agent does not do things properly, then so many things could go wrong after that paper is shipped off to the lender so most of the papers are sold to the secondary market and the secondary market does due diligence the reason why justin had pulled me in is because part of the due diligence for the lender is assuring first lien position it's so important to ensure first lien position on the paper that is being signed because that's going to get sold and if that lender needs to foreclose on that property, and they do not have first lien position, they cannot foreclose on that property. So they pull a title search as well. So the foreclosing attorney pulls a title search and they see ABC Mortgage Company never was released, but their mortgage is now Bank of America. Bank of America cannot foreclose until we get a release from ABC Mortgage. So that's why it's so important that the title agent understands everything they do goes through the life of the loan, and that's the name of the book, Life of the Loan, a Mortgage Playbook. It goes through the life of the loan until it's actually paid off and the release is recorded on the land records after payoff.
0: It's such a good symbiotic instructional manual because it helps title agents understand how important what they do is in the process, which we're, as title and settlement agents, we're always trying to tell people how important (laughs) we are. That one just puts it succinctly, but it also, as a title settlement agent, helps you understand why the lenders have the requirements and sometimes the hounding requests that they can have. And you just think, oh, somebody's trying to check off a box. And no, this is real investment money, right?
1: Mortgages are, are money. They're sold for profit. That's why we're all in this industry. I mean, we're in the industry to give the consumer their lifetime dream of owning a home, but also it produces money after we close it and it's a very visual book a lot of the people that i talk to say when i hire somebody this is going to be the first thing that they read so they can understand and i always say to them because i am definitely someone who wants to educate people it doesn't matter if you're using me for release tracking or not it'll be a lender that says do you mind if i share your contact information to the people that are joining our company and need to be educated on what happens Absolutely, because I'm all about educating and and furthering everybody's education on the subject. I've been in it for 32 years. I would be remiss if I didn't want to educate the, the people that will come after us.
0: Well, that's so important. And, you know, as you know, this is part of our series of kind of a new you in 2022, helping people rethink things now that we seem to be kind of gearing down on the on the other side of this crazy situation that we've been in the last couple of years. We're hearing that, you know, we can probably expect refis to drop off. People are kicking off the new year, maybe with some additional time on their hands that they have not had the luxury of having for the past couple of years, or looking at possibly needing to reduce staffs. So as somebody is looking at their efficiency, and they consider you know, Should they look at it like, well, we're going to have more people and more opportunity to do this ourselves, or should they be looking at the cost and the consistency of being able to do that sales, like the elasticity and how this can expand and contract, how it can just make them more profitable? Generally, what do you say to that?
1: And it's such a crazy industry and such a crazy time right now where people are scrambling to find employees in today's market. That also lends to a reason why you shouldn't keep your release tracking in-house because you can't even find people to close loans right now. But when you're reducing staff, I always say to them, you know, if you have an extra $30,000 a year, do you want to give that to someone or do you want to capture that money yourself? because that $30,000 that you're paying to someone who's tracking the releases is coming right out of your pocket. You're paying that person out of your pocket, again, operational costs, You have to train them. They don't have the ability to go into all of the land records like we have the ability. We've been doing it for so long. We have automation set up to do all of this. Do you want to pay somebody to do it or do you want to have it done for you for free because you're going to add it to the CD? It's always a good option to streamline your back end offices, especially on something that's not revenue producing.
0: When I'm talking with agents these days, there are a fair number of them who are kind of rolling their eyes at a national company that's newer in the marketplace who's advertising nationally about doing essentially title checks. We'll let you know if something goes wrong with your property. And you know we all know in our industry, we have some thoughts about that. I'll say it that way. We have some thoughts about that. But is one of the aspects of this being able to tell the borrower or the seller even we will make sure that seller, your old lien, your old first lien goes away. Buyer, we're gonna make sure that seller's interest is gone. And so from you know, from today on back not only are we issuing a policy to cover this, you don't need to worry about hiring anybody else for this. We are going to take care of it. Now, if you want to watch for, you know, fraudulent mortgages being filed or fraudulent deeds in the future, and you want to pay somebody a subscription fee for that, for what it's worth, okay, fine. But does it help prove the value in what we're doing at the time of the closing for the consumers who, let's face it, what we do is kind of a mystery? Right.
1: What I like to say is clear title, clear mind. If you have repeat business, you want that consumer to continue to come back to you. The typical homeowner transpires on a real estate closing, whether it's a refinance or a purchaser sale, 5 times in their life. We do this as a living. So we know what we know what we do. Hopefully, we all know what we do. We know what we do and It's not easy to explain to that consumer because they don't live in it. They're not in it. They need to have clear title. And if you want them to continually come back to you, then you need to make sure that you're doing everything possible for the sake of your consumer in protecting their property. That's what Alta does. We protect the American dream with title insurance. We need to protect not just with title insurance, but also for them to be able to transact on their property by not following up to see if that release is recorded on the land records. We're doing a disservice to those consumers. We are not guaranteeing that they can transact on it in the future.
0: And and that's not a good reputation to have. You really well, no. need a great yeah. reputation. Well, I was thinking, and we step on our own value proposition when we do that, even though we said, we've issued an insurance policy, you're fine. But by not following up on those sorts of important in details because we have a mindset of, well, if it doesn't happen automatically, we'll clean it up later. But that's kind of counter to our our value proposition, isn't it? Right,
1: right. And one of the main claims for the title insurance underwriter are unreleased home equity lines of credit. So let's just think about that. You have a consumer who Again, only transacts five times in their lifetime. They have a home equity line of credit. The title agent does everything by signing the closeout letter and sending it to the lender saying, close this out, but the lender never closes it out, which happens so many times, Mary, I can't even tell you. If you ask me what keeps you up at night, it's the home equity lines of credit. They're not following up on those home equity lines of credit. And what's happening is there's a claim because someone decides to send their child to college and they've written out $50,000 But they don't own the property anymore so it's not attached to a property that is a huge underwriting claim if you follow up on those releases and we have a special checkbox that says this is a home equity line of credit we follow up on those sooner to make sure that it's released if it's not released it's probably not closed out
0: oh linda that's so important i saw that more times than i care to count somebody that came in and said, well, I refinanced and that was supposed to be closed out or I sold and that was supposed to be closed out. And we'd say, well, but you wrote a check on it. And they said, well, I thought it it transferred to my new place or back in the day I had a credit card and I forgot that it was tied to the mortgage. And, you know, and we could probably have a field day talking about speculating whether lenders forgetting to close those out, how much of that's by design and how much is by accident. I don't know. Right. I just know that those are ticking time bombs sitting out there. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they are certainly ticking time bombs. And that's what keeps me up at night are, are the home equity lines of credit. If nothing else, you need to follow up on those. A lot of the larger shops that, you know, they don't want to add another fee onto their closing disclosure, so they don't want to do the release tracking. I will say to them, at least let us follow up on your home equity lines of credit Because those are just, like you said, ticking time bombs. And the consumer just doesn't know. Even if you explain it to them, you really can't get mad at the consumer. If somebody pulled me into a machine shop and said, this is how we make these microphones, I'm not going to remember, you know, a week later.
0: (laughs) Right. No. Well, right. And when you hold yourself out to be the professional that takes care of things, one way or the other, take care of it. Either right. do it yourself or hire it done by somebody that does it full time. But that is part of our obligation, I think, is not just hoping that everything works out. And if not, we've got a policy written. But be a good, solid professional with integrity and just see it all the way through. Because to your point, it, it further validates our services now at the time of the transaction. And it saves us all money and headache and possibly some bad press or at least a, a bad few days by letting it snowball and then trying to air quotes deal with it later
1: going back to alta everybody's signing an alta policy alta says we protect so let's let's protect that consumer and let's get them back for another transaction
0: we can scarcely go an episode right now without discussing fraud There is a
1: lot of fraud going on, I think, with tracking that release. So there was a point in time where casinos opened in Connecticut, and I was working for a national title insurance underwriter, and we were told, look out for any real estate attorney, because we have real estate attorneys here in Connecticut, that are driving fancy cars, or they're taking expensive vacations, and look for fraud that way, especially with the casino coming out because of the gambling habits. We had a lot of defalcations here 10, 15, 20 years ago with the attorneys and what they were doing is that the real estate closing, they weren't actually paying off that mortgage. They were taking the mortgage funds, keeping it themselves, changing the address for the payments to a P.O. box because they were using the money to gamble and then just making the monthly payment amounts. So that happened several times here in Connecticut. It cannot happen if someone's following up on the release because obviously the release was never recorded. So in a certain county in New London County in Connecticut, I believe it's required to do release tracking on the releases by the other party. So the other party has to track that release to make sure that that attorney is not taking those funds and using them and not actually paying off the mortgages. But I think mostly all of that has been, there's so many regulations now that you really can't get away with it.
0: During this pandemic, we have people working remotely. We have counties, some notable famous in the state I live in currently, who are so far behind with recordings. They don't know what they have, and they don't know when they're going to get caught up. But when we start seeing those kinds of activities, and we started these procedures under an emergency, and now here we are a year and a half later, we don't know what's what's being handled properly and what's not being handled properly. And without a good system for tracking that, you could have liabilities accruing out there and have no idea what's going on.
1: It's scary, Mary. It really is scary. scary. You don't want your back person to continually follow up with a county land recording jurisdiction and say, did you get that record?" You just don't have the manpower for that. So we do that for you. I always say, when you need to call Bank of America to find out where your release is, good luck trying to find a good number for them. We have the good number. We have the direct email addresses and the direct phone numbers. I have a lot of people that call me up or they email me and they say, hey, can you give me, you know, that direct email address to the Bank of America? And I'll say, listen, I would love to do that, but my operations will not give me access to that because that's (laughs) the value of our
0: business. (laughs) Right. And the other thing is, if you have somebody doing it in-house, They might be a newer employee, like this might be how you're beginning to teach them chain of title and all that. And they probably don't know when somebody's... I'm going to use a Texas phrase here, Linda. They probably don't yet know when somebody's peeing on their leg and telling them it's raining. Just they'll check out the box. Yep. I called to check on that today. They said, no, they don't have it yet. Oh, three weeks from now, I've called to check up on that today. They tell me it's coming, but they don't have it. I'm guessing your staff probably doesn't fall for that as easily. Oh
1: no, we don't. (laughs) We don't at all. You know, we've been doing it for so long. We know exactly what to say to them to get it done. And there are times where... It can't be done, especially with our title curative. we're closing next week and we need that document for next week, I would love to be able to deliver that document for you to make sure that the closing happens. But we're all human and we can push only so hard. So I will call in favors on occasion, especially, again, when it comes down to a consumer losing a rate lock or somebody's going to lose a house, I will call my team, my operational team, and I'll tell them the story. This person is going to lose their house or they've been living out of a moving truck for a week. Can we please just get this done for them? And my operational team, they're great. If it's a good customer or if I personally request it, they'll jump on it for me or for them.
0: That's really good. There's just so much going on right now. And I know people have some files sitting there bleeding that they don't even know about. Then I also know that as, again, we move through 2022, everybody's gonna have to recalibrate what they're doing the cost of what they're doing how efficient they are and i would imagine linda that we have some people who say that sounds really interesting but i don't know in my promulgated state or my unique requirements in my state how to build this fee in in a meaningful way can they give you a call will you walk them through it as they're setting up their budgets and and trying to figure out how to adjust
1: absolutely i would welcome that for sure Another thing to consider is your claims. So as a title agent, the last thing you want to do is make a claim to your title insurance underwriter. A lot of the claims are for unreleased mortgages. So they pass that off to the underwriter saying, it's an unreleased mortgage. Will you write over this? And the underwriter will then take it upon themselves and they have to clean it up if they either have the the previous title on it or they write over it. And a lot of times the underwriter comes to us saying, can you clear out 500 of these releases for us because they don't have the time to do it, but they're on the hook because mm-hmm. they issued the title insurance policy and the title agent has signed the policy giving saying you're in first lien position, but they're really not. So the underwriters truly love us and what we do for them to make sure that their claims are lessened with regards to unreleased mortgages or liens, period.
0: Well, we all know in life that an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. We certainly do understand how the things that we are in control of pre-closing, we certainly understand how to mitigate that risk down and even quantify what remains. I think you've done a great job today of helping everyone realize how that same risk can be mitigated, in many cases eliminated, after the closing when we feel like we don't any longer have any control. Right,
1: right. It's important to have those processes in place. And now's the time really to do it, especially like you said, with people working out of their homes, you don't know what they're doing. And to get one less stress-causing factor off your plate is really important in in today's world (laughs)
0: because we have so much stress. That is so true. Well, we encourage everyone to reach out. And you guys have You have integrations with several of the title production systems, which makes it even easier to use. There's a lot of good information on your website. And a conversation is always worth it, so why not have the conversation? Thank you, Linda, for the fantastic perspectives and examples. This aspect of what we do can be so frustrating, so time-consuming, so risky. It's great to have some pros in our corner that can help. We can't wait to be back with you next time, and until then... Book something for a Saturday afternoon that is relaxing, rejuvenating, or that is just for fun. You'll be better come Monday morning for having done it. Also, if you have a sweetie, don't forget to thank them this Valentine's Day for helping to hold down the fort while you're saving the world as we know it. And always, always, always remember, we think you're really cool. And we know that what you do really matters.